Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Amara, and this is Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. On this episode of Black Girl Gone, we tell the story of Larisha and Wanda Walker, a daughter and her mother who went missing from Nashville, Tennessee, 17 years apart. Larisha was 23 years old when she disappeared on November 19, 1999. The day Larisha was last seen, she dropped her son off at her sister's. The last person to speak to Larisha that day was her father, and no one ever heard from or saw Larisha again. 17 years later, her mother Wanda also disappeared. The 60-year-old mother and grandmother was reported missing after she failed to show up for work. The family of these two women have had tragedy strike twice, and all they want to know is what happened to Larisha and Wanda, and who is responsible for their disappearances. This is Larisha and Wanda's story. Having to deal with a loved one going missing is a terrible thing to have happen to any family. But to have two members of your family go missing seems unimaginable. For 17 years, Larisha's family dealt with her missing, only to have to go through the same thing all over again. Now, 22 years after they last saw Larisha and six years after Wanda was last seen, their family just wants to know what happened to them. The story of Larisha and Wanda Walker is the first case that I've covered from Tennessee. Now, my goal is to tell stories from every state in the United States. There are some states like Ohio where I find a lot of cases, but I haven't come across a lot of cases from states like Tennessee. So if you are from Tennessee or any states that I have not covered cases from and you know the cases there that should be covered and need more attention, then please send them my way. In 1999, when Larisha went missing, her family wasn't aware that 20 years later, they would again have to deal with the nightmare of a missing family member. Larisha Dina Walker was born on January 2nd, 1979. Larisha's family called her by her middle name, Dina. But Larisha grew up in Nashville with her mother, Wanda, her father, Sydney, and her two sisters. Larisha's family described her as a very responsible person, and so that's why what happened to her made no sense. In 1999, Larisha was the mother of a two-year-old son named Rayvon, whom she adored and was very, very protective over, according to Larisha's family. She was not the kind of person that would be open to strangers, and she was also very private about her personal life. 
Larisha's privacy about her personal life meant that her family wasn't 100% assured about the people that she was hanging out with or who was in her circle. But they did know the kind of person that she was. And they knew that she wasn't hanging out with people that would put her or her son in any kind of danger. She was way too responsible of a person and way too protective of her son and herself to be in anything seedy. Larisha had a great relationship with her parents and her sisters. They would often babysit for Larisha while she worked or if she needed to do something. And they said that she would always call them to check in whenever they were babysitting. Larisha always kept in contact with her parents and her sisters, even when they didn't have her son. Larisha had begun working at Peterbilt Motor Company in Nashville, which is a truck manufacturer. And life for Larisha was good, according to her family. She was happy. That same year, in the fall of 1999, she and her son moved into their own apartment. Now, because Larisha was so private, there is no public information about her son's father. But according to her family, Larisha didn't have a boyfriend. And so it was just Larisha and her son who lived at the apartment. On Friday, November 19th, 1999, Larisha and her sister spent time over at their father Sidney's house. In an interview in the Tennessean shortly after her disappearance, Sidney recalled that his daughters and their children were all at his house that day. Sidney said that they were all talking about football and just, you know, enjoying each other's company. It's not clear what time of day this was that they were all at Sidney's home, but we do know that later on that day, Larisha made arrangements to drop her son off at her sister Lakeisha's house. According to Larisha's sister, she dropped her son off at her house and she told Lakeisha that she was planning to drive to Murfreesboro, Tennessee the next morning. Now, Murfreesboro is a town that's about 40 miles from Nashville. Larisha said that she was going there to get an estimate on a repair for her car. I don't know why Larisha was planning to go 40 miles away to get an estimate, but maybe it was someone that she knew or someone had recommended someone to her, and so she was going there to get an estimate. You know, for a young single mother, car repairs can be a huge burden, and so maybe she found a place where she would just get a better price. So it's not clear why she was planning to go that far, but Larisha dropped her son off with plans to be back the next day to pick him up after she handled the business with her car. After dropping her son off, it's assumed that Larisha went back to her apartment. Sometime between 9.30 p.m. and 10 p.m. that night, Larisha called her father, Sidney, and they spoke on the phone briefly. According to everyone who saw Larisha that day and her father who spoke to her that night, nothing seemed out of the ordinary about Larisha's behavior. She didn't appear to be worried or stressed about anything in particular. And the next day was Saturday, November 20th. Now, Larisha's, Larisha's family assumed that she did what she's planned to do, which was to go to Murfreesboro to get the estimate. But when the afternoon came and went and Larisha had not called to check in, her sister started to become worried. Like I said, Larisha was a very protective person and she was very protective of her son. And so even when he was with her sisters or her parents, she would always check in. So when hours had gone by and the time that Larisha would have been back came and went, her sister knew that something was off. Lakeisha had called her sister several times at that point, but she wasn't able to get her on the phone. And so after waiting a few hours to see if Larisha would call or show up, her sister decided to go over to Larisha's apartment to see if maybe she was home. Now, Larisha had a heart condition that required her to take medication. 
And so that could have been what came to her sister's mind when she didn't show up to pick up her son. When Lakeisha went over to Larisha's apartment, Larisha was not there. But what she found was strange. When Lakeisha went inside Larisha's apartment, there was music blasting from the radio and the lights were on. Lakeisha said that nothing else really seemed to be out of place, though. Lakeisha said that she turned the music off and the lights off before she left. Now, according to Lakeisha, nothing seemed out of place about her sister's apartment. Larisha had only been living in the apartment for, you know, a little less than a month, but everything inside looked normal. For Lakeisha, it probably initially looked like maybe Larisha had just left since the lights were on and the music was playing, like like maybe she had just run out and Lakeisha had just missed her. Now, at that point, it had only been a few hours since Larisha was supposed to have been back from her errands. But to think that someone had gone missing or had been abducted at that point would not be too many people's first kind of thoughts, at least not at that point. But when the next day came and Larisha still had not shown up or contacted her family, they knew that something was wrong. There was no way that Larisha would have gone this long without contacting her family, especially since her son was with her sister. Unless something was wrong. Larisha had never done anything like that before, and this behavior was completely out of character for her. And so when she was still missing on Sunday, November 21st, her mother Wanda contacted the Nashville Police Department to report Larisha missing. After taking the missing persons report from Larisha's family, investigators started to look in what may have happened to Larisha. They searched her apartment and discovered the clothing that she had been wearing was in the home. And they also discovered that her medication that she took for her heart was also in the house. Investigators knew now for sure that Larisha had gone home at some point and changed her clothing. Investigators spoke to neighbors in the area where Larisha lived to see if they had heard or seen anything strange that night. And one of Larisha's neighbors did remember hearing something the night that she was last seen. According to that neighbor, they could hear Larisha outside arguing with somebody. Now, detectives have never said what that neighbor heard exactly or whether or not the voice they heard was male or female. But Information about Larisha arguing with someone and now being missing was a huge red flag for investigators. Everything that they learned about Larisha indicated that she was not someone who would just up and leave. And even though nothing was glaring at this point, it seemed like this case was not a case of someone who just left. Larisha's maroon Oldsmobile was also missing. But at that point, detectives were not sure if she had left her home voluntarily in her car and then something happened along the way, or if she was abducted from her apartment. After the information about Larisha was released, local media in Nashville picked up her story. Larisha's family, who was devastated at that point, hoped that the attention from the local media would help them find Larisha. But days turned into weeks, and there was no sign of Larisha. As the investigation into her disappearance continued, detectives began to theorize that there had been foul play involved in Larisha's disappearance and that she was abducted. But they didn't know who and they didn't seem to know why. From all accounts, Larisha led an unproblematic life. Even though her family said that she was private, they knew that she was not 
into anything bad and they knew that nothing was wrong in Larisha's life. She wasn't having any problems with anyone. So why would someone want to kidnap Larisha? Now, there isn't much information about the investigation of Larisha's disappearance, but it seems like detectives haven't been able to find much information at all. Larisha's car was never found. And as far as any physical evidence, it doesn't seem like they found any of that either. There seems to be no clues about what happened to Larisha. It's really like she vanished into thin air. As the years went by, Larisha's family continued to search for her. But as time went on, their hope that they may see Larisha alive slowly faded. Everyone in her life tried to move on with their lives. Larisha's son grew up without his mom, never knowing what happened to her. Larisha's family tried to raise him surrounded by love and memories of the mother that he never got a chance to know. And for the next 17 years, Larisha's family went on with their life as best that they could, never forgetting the fact that Larisha was missing and their family hadn't been the same since. But as they began to come to terms with the answers that they may never get about Larisha, tragedy would strike this family again when the matriarch of the family also disappears. Let's be real. I think we can all probably up our fruit and veggie game. I struggle with getting enough fruits and veggies in my diet, and this year, I want to change that. That's why I'm keeping my freezer stocked with Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest is the easiest way to get more fruits and veggies into my day every day. They have my back with delicious foods that's good for me and good for the planet. Daily Harvest delivers delicious harvest bowls, flatbreads, smoothies, and more, all built on organic fruits and veggies, right to your door and conveniently stays fresh in your freezer. I've really loved the broccoli and cheese harvest bowls. They're my absolute favorite. Daily Harvest takes literally minutes to prepare, and they never use preservatives, added sugar, or artificial anything. And that goes for everything. They have so many delicious options for every time of the day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, or a snack. Daily Harvest has you covered. I love having the smoothies for breakfast. They're so delicious, and they're so easy and quick to make. Daily Harvest is all about preserving and protecting the earth for current and future generations to come. From their recyclable, compostable packaging to investing in organic farming practices and reducing food waste, you can feel good about the choices you are making physically and for the environment. Daily Harvest makes it easy to feel good about what I'm doing for myself and the planet. Go to dailyharvest.com slash girlgone and get up to $40 off the first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash girlgone for up to $40 off your first box. Dailyharvest.com slash girlgone. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. In November 1999, 23-year-old Larisha Walker disappeared from Nashville, Tennessee. Larisha dropped her son off at her sister's house and was never seen again. 
When Larisha went missing, there were very few clues about what happened to her. And in the years following her disappearance, her family had been searching for answers. But in 2016, Larisha's family would again find themselves searching for another missing loved one. This time, it was Wanda, Larisha's mom. Wanda Walker, according to her daughters, was the kind of woman who took care of herself. Her daughters never really had to worry too much about their mom because she really could handle anything. Having a child missing must have been difficult for Wanda over the years, and searching for her and not knowing must have been devastating. I'm sure if you asked anyone who has a loved one missing, I'm sure they would tell you that they have moments of good and bad, but they always had that person on their mind, especially when that person is their child. In 2016, Wanda, who was 60, was still living in Nashville. She retired from her job as a teacher and was working part-time at a Dollar Tree. Wanda was a loving, doting grandmother whose grandchildren called her Gigi. For a family that had been torn apart 17 years earlier, Wanda was their rock. Wanda was enjoying retirement and was sharing a home with her cousin at the time. And aside from her daughter being missing for 17 years, everything else in Wanda's life appeared to be rather normal. She was even dating someone. The store where Wanda worked was only about two miles from where she was living. And Wanda drove a Nissan Altima, and so she would make the short drive from her home to the store for her part-time shifts. On October 5th, 2016, Wanda was scheduled to work that day. And so she left her home in her silver Nissan Altima. Shortly after leaving her home to head to work, Wanda's car began to overheat and she had to pull over. According to investigators, she then called her boyfriend to come and help her. Her boyfriend arrived and poured coolant in the car. Now, they said it was oil, but if the car was overheating, then more likely than not, he was putting coolant in the car and not oil. But after that, he made sure that the car was running fine before he and Wanda went their separate ways. Now, we don't know where Wanda went after that, but we do know that Wanda never showed up for her shift at Dollar Tree. For three days, no one saw or heard from Wanda. After realizing that Wanda had not only not come home, but had also missed work, something that she never did, her family feared the worst. It was almost unbelievable that they could possibly be dealing with another missing family member, but all the signs were pointing in that direction. Larisha's son, Rayvon, who was 19 at the time, recalled getting a call from his aunt. He told News Channel 5 in Nashville that, quote, my auntie called me and she was like, I don't want to mess you up before you go to work, but we haven't seen your granny for a few days. Now, Rayvon was only two when his mom went missing, and now it was happening again. He said the first thing that came to his mind was, Was this possibly happening to his family again? After Wanda's family realized that no one in her family had spoken to Wanda, they found themselves in an all-too-familiar place, reporting a loved one missing to police. Immediately, Wanda's family started searching for her. Having gone through this same ordeal 17 years before, they knew that time was of the essence and they needed to find Wanda quickly. Lakeisha began canvassing the neighborhood, and she went to the Dollar Tree where her mom worked to speak to her co-workers. The family created flyers, and they began knocking on doors in the area, searching for Wanda and her car, which was also missing at that point. 
Now, I can't imagine what was going through the heads and the hearts of Wanda's children and grandchildren. I mean, they were still dealing with Larisha missing, and now they were right back in the same position, except this time it was Wanda who was gone. Eight days after Wanda was last seen, Lakeisha was walking around her mom's neighborhood looking for any sign of her or her car. And that's when she found her mom's Nissan in an alley just blocks from her home. When the car was found, the doors were locked as if someone had just parked it there, locked the doors, and walked away. After Lakeisha found the car, she called the police to report that she had found her mother's vehicle. When an initial search of the vehicle is done, police were able to locate Wanda's purse, which contained several personal items of Wanda's. They also find a significant amount of blood on the back seat. The car was impounded for DNA testing, and eventually the blood was determined to be Wanda's blood. When investigators spoke to the neighbors, they told police that the car had been parked there for at least a week, but no one ever saw Wanda. If what the neighbors were saying was accurate, that meant that Wanda's car had probably been parked there since the day after she was last seen and had been there the whole time. The discovery of Wanda's belongings, as well as the blood found in the car, changed the direction of this investigation. If investigators thought before that perhaps Wanda had just left on her own, finding her car with blood in it changed that. However, investigators still didn't know where Wanda was, what happened to her, or who was responsible. While investigators tried to find more clues about Wanda's disappearance, her family continued to search on their own. In the weeks following Wanda's disappearance, her family passed out flyers and did what they could to keep Wanda's story out there, but they weren't getting any useful information about where Wanda could possibly be. In 2017, three months after Wanda disappeared, Lakeisha and her daughter sat down with Channel News 5 in Nashville to ask the public for help in finding their mother and grandmother. Lakeisha at the time was hopeful that her mother would be found safe, but she knew the possibility that she had been met with foul play was real. Am I good? I feel like I really do, like something happened. And she was probably just at the wrong place at the wrong time. That's what I really feel. After having to deal with something like this twice, their family had been left broken, but the hope was that they would still get answers. When this interview took place, Wanda had been missing for only three months, and her family was really just trying to stay strong. It's really out of our control, so I mean, only thing is prayer for strength, because that's pretty much what we need in this time. I just take it one day at a time and, you know, pray that everything is going to work out. The fact that both Felicia and Wanda had gone missing from the same city 17 years apart wasn't lost on anyone. But despite the rarity of a mother and her daughter both missing under suspicious circumstances, investigators said that there was no relation between the two cases. And looking at the available details of the cases, there is nothing that shows anything that would connect the two disappearances of these women besides their relationship to each other. Now, it's also suspected that both Larisha and Wanda disappeared at the hands of someone that they were familiar with, someone that they probably trusted. There was no way that after everything that their family had gone through that Wanda would have just up and left, and Larisha was a loving mother who would not just have left her son. 
And so the fact that both of these women had just disappeared just didn't make any sense to anyone. As the months continued to pass, the Walker family continued to search for Wanda. Their biggest fear was that they would end up waiting for years for answers like they had when Larisha disappeared. But as the years went by, Larisha and Wanda's family continued to search for the two women, but investigators had very little information about either case. However, they were sure that by, the to- by that time that both women were likely dead. In 2018, during an interview with WKRN, Lakeisha said that, quote, I don't want to say that we lost them because saying that is too hard, being that we don't have closure. Most of us can't imagine dealing with your sibling going missing, let alone your sibling and your mom. And then you don't get to have answers about what happened to either of them. Wanda was the matriarch of her family. Her grandchildren adored her. She was everything to her family, and her disappearance was almost too much for them to take. But what I noticed while watching the interviews with Lucretia and Wanda's family is that this family possesses an exceptional strength that I don't know that I have. They were placed in unthinkable circumstances, and yet they were not going to stop fighting, no matter how hard it's been for them. In 2021, five years after Wanda vanished, the FBI joined the search for Wanda and an $11,000 reward was offered for information about the case. The Nashville PD and the Walker family hoped that a reward would spark renewed interest in the case and bring in new tips about what happened to Wanda. During that press conference, Special Agent Matthew Foster from the FBI said this. The most important thing we can do in this case is to help this family get closure, to get answers, and to find justice for Ms. Walker. Through the work of the Metro Nashville Police Department, enough information was gathered to provide to our behavioral analysis unit, which permitted them to make some, uh, some determinations to assist uh, the continuance of this investigation. And part of that was, as Detective Filter mentioned, having the reward available here and to provide any form of expertise that the FBI's Behavioral Analysis Unit can provide to help solve this case. Stand with our partners. Stand with this family. Wanda's granddaughter also spoke during the press conference. But um, if you do have any answers um, as it relates to my grandmother's case, um, we would love for you to come forward and share. Um, We definitely miss my grandmother being around, her smile, her laughing. She was a very loud person. You would probably think, like, if you're having a conversation with her, you probably think that she's probably arguing with you, but she just talked loud. Um, And I definitely miss that about her. Even just, you know, for holidays, um, I remember one Christmas, she uh, bought me a beach towel, and I was just like, Granny, like, a beach towel in December, but it's those memories that I that I share and I can laugh and I can think on uh, when I'm having a rough day or when it's hard to be able to process, you know, all of what my family has gone through. So if you have any information um, for the sake of my family, um, we're definitely praying for closure. We're definitely praying, you know, that, you know, we don't go another year uh, without knowing what happened to my grandmother. After everything that this family had been through, All they want is closure. The FBI getting involved in this case will hopefully make a difference, and Wanda's family can finally get answers about 
what happened to Wanda, at least. Investigators also said in 2021 that there is information that they have learned about this case that they cannot reveal right now. Hopefully, that means that they're closer to making an arrest and finding out what happened to Wanda and where she may be. As for Larisha, her case remains cold, and it doesn't appear that the FBI is involved in Larisha's case. And after 22 years, there is no new information about what happened to Larisha. In 1999, when Larisha went missing, her family had no idea that 17 years later, their mother and grandmother would also go missing. For 22 years, the Walker family has been fighting for answers, first for Larisha, and then for Larisha and Wanda. When Larisha vanished, she left behind very few clues. She told her family that she was going to go get her car looked at, and and then they never saw Larisha again. Neither her family or investigators believe that Larisha left on her own. They believe that she was the victim of foul play and that someone abducted Larisha from her home on November 19th. But what happened after is something they still do not know. At the center of Larisha's story is her son. He was two when his mom dropped him off at his aunt's house and then never came back. He spent his life not knowing his mom or what happened to her. And then, when he was 19, his grandmother also disappeared. When Wanda disappeared, her family could not believe that they were going through this again. And now, six years later, they're still trying to figure out what happened to Wanda, too. Their family says that it's frustrating trying to find out what happened to two missing loved ones, but they refuse to give up. In Wanda's case, the involvement of the FBI will hopefully mean that her family is going to get closer to answers about what happened to her. But in both cases, like in all of these cases, someone knows something. In cases like Larisha's, the police really need someone to come forward and say something. In the cases of both these women, their families just want closure. In missing person cases that have gone cold, That's all these families want. Closure. Nothing will ever make what happened okay. They will never stop grieving for the people that they are missing. But they need to know what happened. If you have any information about either the disappearance of Larisha Dina Walker, who was last seen November 19, 1999 in Nashville, Tennessee, or Wanda Walker, who was last seen October 5th, 2016 in Nashville, Tennessee. Please contact the Nashville Police Department. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We will be back next week with a brand new story. Join us on Patreon for exclusive mini-sodes and ad-free episodes. As always, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Black Girl Gone Podcast. Listening on Apple Podcasts? Show your support for the show by leaving a review and a five-star rating. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.